Sunday night, 7 o'clock. Time for the sports phone. And this is where we would insert the music, but Jim, it uh, sounds like we don't have it, correct? The music disappeared. I, I was <laughs> looking at the screen, and I, I, I put the arrow. I mean, come, everyone is has it, a, a time that something like this happens to them. This is an, inaus- this is an inauspicious start to the show. I know. I, I put my, my arrow on the sports phone theme song. And it literally disappeared. Yeah, it happens. It's technology. Oh, God. You know what I think the most common version of is that for, for me? And I think this has happened to you as well before. When I'll accidentally mute alerts in a text message thread so I won't realize people are texting me and I've done it by mistake. That happens to me all the time where I'll accidentally mute alerts on a specific text thread and I won't know that person's responding to me. And, like I, and, I, and I also... Th- you know, how many times have we all been on the phone and and it just disappears and you call the person back saying, do you hang up? No. Do you hang up? No. Yeah. Well, who knows? Yeah. What happened? You know, <laughs> it, it, it's like we just don't know anymore. Yeah. But well, I will I will talk to the genius, one of the geniuses down here, and we will have the sports phone music back. Don't say next week. Oh, go ahead. Tell, tell us a little about the sports phone schedule, Jerry. In case yeah, so I've got some listening. logistics before we get into the show. I feel like we're all I'm all thrown off with the timing here without the music. But yeah, some logistics here for the show. So yeah, tonight, Sunday, September 4th, uh, Jim and I will be off on the 11th and 18th. So the next two Sundays, Jim and I will be off. There will be no live version of the sports phone. We'll be back on the 25th of September. So the last uh, September, or excuse me, last Sunday of the month. On the twenty fifth, we will. So back, you know, are we uh, gonna call that the uh, those two weeks of the off season for the sports phone? Sure, I think we call that sports phone off season. Yep, two two weeks. Yeah. It's a little bit. I think it's a sh- definitely shorter than the last hiatus we took when we switched from Wednesdays to Sundays. I think, I think that was about a that was like a month or two. More than two. Off. I think it went from like from Thanksgiving to after the New Year's or something. Yeah. Yeah, that was a long break. But, yeah, so recapping that one more time, uh, we'll be off the next two weeks, so the 11th and the 18th, and then the sports phone will return on the 25th of September. If you're wondering what the sports phone is and you're a new listener, let me give you a quick rundown of that. So sports phone, this is very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. Uh, Jim and I are big sports fans, uh, coaches, athletes, officials at different points in our lives, um, but now we're both just really big fans of sports. We spend a lot of time talking about sports in our day-to-day lives. We like to spend this one hour a week opening up the phone lines to the KZYX community and giving you the opportunity to call in and talk about whatever you would like to talk about going on in the world of sports. It can be professional college, high school stuff, local things, rec league stuff. As long as it's sports-related in some way, you can give us a call, 707-895-2448. Jim and I want to hear about it, and we will lend our opinions if you so desire. Um... I would say questions. Let us know whatever you want to talk about, as long as it's sports related. I would say the phone lines are now officially open: seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Not we, yet. Yeah. Well, you can you can call. We'll put you on hold, but but we're, <laughs> the phone lines are open. They are open. Yes, yes. You you can you can get you can call in and we'll get you we'll get you on the air in a second. But to get started, I think we're now going on four or five weeks now. Uh, I lost track a little bit. But we have another quiz question, uh, and with that, I'll hand it back over to Jim. All right. Um, 
and then I'll uh, I want to talk a little bit about local sports. Um, the trivia sports phone trivia question: Who and when played the first indoor game of billiards? Did I, did I say that right, Jer? I I had it written down as who owned the first indoor billiard table. First and when indoor billiard table and when who and when. The first indoor billiard table. 707-895-2448. It's a far cry from, uh, you know, saying how many people played with Shaq or uh, yeah. who's who's got the most wins. This is a little obscure. This question was, was originated in our garden when you were home visiting in July, I believe. Yeah. We're yeah, that was when we first kind of came up with this question. Sitting out in the garden and we came up with, uh, I don't know why we did, but, but we were coming up with a... Uh, we were talking about uh, billiards. Yeah, yeah, billiards and and, and, this, and other associated uh, activities. So, yeah, that's the question. If you know the answer, you can give us a call, 707-895-2448. Or if you've got anything else you want to talk about, you can give us a call, 707-895-2448. All right. Uh, Jim, you said you had local stuff you wanted to talk about. Yeah, I just so I, I, I wanted to, uh, before I take the first call here, um, I, I wanted to say... Uh, we're not doing local interviews right now. The seasons have started. Uh, football, correct me if I'm wrong, Jer. Football, soccer, and volleyball, and and cross country, um, have started at the high school level. And we're inviting coaches to call in and tell how your team is doing. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Hi. Uh, just a point here in connection with the puzzler. You're talking about the first billiard table. Are you distinguishing? Distinguishing between a billiard and a pool table, they're different animals. We, I don't know yes. whether you have one in mind or as opposed to the other. They're well, different games. Go ahead, Jerry. I think yeah, you could, yeah, absolutely. You've so done the, more. It's, it's funny. This actually goes to all that whole part of the conversation, caller, that we were having in the garden was like this. I think it's how it started was the <clears> distinction. Um, we are calling yeah. out the first billiards table. Uh, so, the so first no, billiards no, table. No, no, no pockets. No pockets. Correct. No so, pockets. So no you, pockets. So, caller, you clearly understand that a billiard table has no pockets. Right. I played billiards. That's why I called. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny right. because when I, I, when I first learned about it, I didn't really know yes. the difference. Billiards seems yeah. way more fun than pool. It is way more fun than pool. Yeah, yeah. And, and in, in, infinitely more complicated. infinitely more complicated when it's played at the higher levels. You should look at it sometime on YouTube. Yeah, so for then, sure. no, I definitely want to take a look. So at then, caller, seeing you're the expert so far, are you going to hang up? Get on your computer. I'm going to hang up. And I know. Are you going to? When you hang up, are you going to? Are you going to get on the computer and find out where the first billiard table, indoor billiard? Table no, went? no, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I just <laughs> wanted to correct her. I'll give you. I'll give you another puzzle if you want. Go. Go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. There's been something like 240,000 baseball games. Many records are established during that, the longevity of all those games. Some of them aren't really records, but they're, they're events of some note. For instance, there are 23 perfect games pitched in those 240,000. I have in mind a notable event that occurred 15 times over the course of those 240,000 games, once in a World Series, and believe it or not, 
twice, once on consecutive days, or should I say twice on consecutive days. So of the 15 times, one was in a World Series, and two of them were on back-to-back days. What was the event? It's memorialized all through baseball literature, but I haven't given you an easy handle to get into the computer on it. <laughs> I'll let it go to you, and uh, if no one gets it, and you will get it. I'll call back later in the program. Okay, awesome. Hello, caller. That's a good question. Caller on the air. Um, I've got an answer. What? King Louis of France had the first billiard table in 1961. Jim? That's it. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. Wow. Bye. Is correct. Wow. Yeah. Nice so, going. So, yeah, it's a good answer. So uh, the first documented game of billiards that I was able to find was in 1340. Uh, but that was outside. Um, and it was like it, the the kind of the documentation of it kind of compared it to almost like croquet. This yeah, King Louis the Eleventh of France had the first indoor billiards table that was built. And we're assuming he raised it up off the ground. They didn't play on the on the ground. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Huh. And because so, to go, oh, sorry, did you have more on billiards before we? Move no, on no. And then the, you know, pool pool just uh, to repeat, a pool table has pockets, and a billiard table doesn't. And that tends to uh, confuse him because there is a lot of people call a pool table a pocket billiards table, but that's just a pool table. So those are all logistics. Jared, can you repeat the question that's on the table by the caller? Yeah. So the caller is was asking for, and of my understanding of it was in an event that occurs in baseball that has happened 15 times over the history of baseball. Wow. The, the, the comparison that he made was 23 perfect games have been thrown over the history of baseball, meaning no one reaches first base. Um, so he said there's another version or like another type of baseball oh. phenomenon or, or whatever you want to call it uh, that has occurred okay. 15 times the part of it that I missed was I think he said it's happened back to back once, twice, twice, and in the World Series once. Once, yeah, yeah. Um, without looking anything up, my first guess was players hitting for the cycle, um, huh. but I feel like that's too common. I I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it that, happens. That, that happens. seems like it's too common. It's only happened fifteen times total. Right. And, uh, and that's twenty, been... and if and I would venture a guess that a perfect game is more rare than hitting for the cycle. Yeah, and so two grand slams in a game is one of the things that I came up with. Um, jeez, let's 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 let that one uh, sit for a little bit. And um, it's a good question. I hope he listens because um, he said he was going to call back. Nobody got the answer. Hello, call. You're on the air. Hi. It, it only it happened three times. Back to back days make two, and the World Series makes three. I, I, I might have misspoken to make it sound like it happened back to back twice. That would be four. No, it's twice. What one set of back to back and one one event in the World Series. And the, okay, so so it's not it's not fifteen. It's three. It's. Uh, no, it's 15, but of the 15, one of them was in the World Series, and two of them happened to be back-to-back, okay. kind oh, of like lightning lightning striking. I got it, got I got it. it. Got it. And, hitting for, and, it, and while you're back, is hitting for the cycle the answer? 
Not at all. Okay. Perfect. Awesome. Thank you so much for calling. I'm Oslo. I want to get a guess now that we got you on the line. I'm guessing two grand slams in a game by the same person. No. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, make sure you listen. Okay. Give us a call. I will listen. <laughs> I, I predict you would get it. You can break it down, but it isn't immediately accessible to one shot on the computer. So so I'm around. If it doesn't come in, I'll call you back. All right. I appreciate it. It's a good question. Like, like I said, I, I, I'm trying to think of, like, other rare baseball phenomenon. Like, maybe it's got something to do with stealing home. Uh, uh. Potentially uh-huh. be something with walk-offs. Like huh. I'm just thinking about other, other things like like yeah. walk-off something. I, I don't know. He, it, yeah, yeah he uh, called them notable events. I don't think we're going to yeah. be surprised. It's not going to be real obscure, but it's something just doesn't happen very often. How about this day in sports in 1972? You tell me. All right, this day in sports. It's the fourth of September. In 1972, Mark Spitz won his seventh gold medal. He was in a relay. It's the first time someone won seven gold medals in in, uh, individual events, I believe. 1972, Mark Spitz. Jeez, Mark Spitz was uh, pre-Michael Phelps. That's the only way I'm looking at it. Hello, Carl. You're on the air. Hey, thanks for the show, guys. It's Joe. Uh, I'm going to guess that uh, to the question, it may be stealing home. Ah, stealing home. Isn't that like one of the rarest things that can possibly happen in baseball? So you're saying stealing home, Joe, has happened 15 times total in all of Major League Baseball. I'm just reviewing this. Can't think of anything else. Something that he called notable. I, I agree. And then... That is notable. Stealing on is definitely notable. I was I was on board with this until I put in two a couple of keywords, uh, and I've unfortunately found out that Ty Cobb stole home 54 times in his career. <laughs> so there oh, goes... Yeah. Go, go, exactly. <laughs> on, paper, on, Joe, right, on paper, that seemed like such a good guess. Nice try. Joe. Wait, wait a minute. Hey, Joe... Wait a minute, Joe. Yeah. You said stealing home. Let me uh, see what I can do here. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. Nice. And right. believe it or not, we we'll had go a... back to the dugout now. See you later. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Joe. So, Jim, the crazy. Hang on, caller. This... Hang on, caller. We <laughs> we had Jim, another crazy... text for st- stealing home. Yeah. The the crazy part about that, just to close out that loop. Not only has Ty Cobb done it 54 times in his career, that's it's 21 more times than the next closest person. Oh, geez. Hello, that's Cole. pretty impressive. You're on the air with the sports phone. Uh, it's Tim from Moscow, Idaho. Hey, Tom. And uh, last week I called in about Mark Fidrich, and, and as soon as I hung up the phone, I immediately realized that I had done uh, the memory of Mark Fidrich knows um, favors. So I, I thought I'd call this evening to just give you a quick synopsis of Mark Fidrich so folks, if they're interested, can look him up. And it's a very short career. Oh, yeah, if you, absolutely. If you, all right. Anyway, he was born in 54 in Worcester, Massachusetts. Um, went to high school in and around Massachusetts. And in 74, um, he was drafted by the Lakeland Tigers, a um, AAA, AA, anyway, uh, connected with the 
um, Detroit Tigers. Yeah, Detroit Tigers. I got the yep. And uh, when they called him up and told me he was drafted, um, he thought he was being called up to the military. But <laughs> anyway, he managed to get into the draft and into the into baseball. And in 1975, he made spring training as a non-roster player. And um, he made his first debut on April 20th. Uh, and in that game, um, Mark, let's see, I believe he was the winner. He uh, was a complete game, two, uh, two to one complete game victory. On May 25th in Fenway Park, they just started his second game. Um, went eight, in- eight innings. Uh, Carl Yashemsky hit a home run. Um, and Pivich picked up his first loss. Mm-hmm. On the 31st of May, Pittsburgh pitched an 11-inning complete game uh, game over the Milwaukee Brewers, um, and he went to the All-Stars. On June 11th, Pittsburgh pitched, pitched a complete 4-3 game over the Angels uh, before a crowd of 36,377, Tiger Stadium. Now it gets interesting. June 19th, Pittsburgh pitched a complete game 4-3 victory over Kansas City before a crowd of 21,659 on Wednesday night in Tiger Stadium. The 24th, he returned to Fenway Park. Uh, he gave a back-to-back home runs to Freddie Lynn and Yastrzemski, but won his sixth consecutive start. On the 28th of June, um, the Bird, and he got his name, the Bird. He was six foot three, and in the minors, uh, his coach thought he reminded him of Big Bird. Anyway, he pitched uh, before 47,855 fans at Tiger Stadium on a nationally televised audience. July 3, Pidrich pitched before a sellout crowd of 51,650 at Tiger Stadium. Shut out the Baltimore O's, the freaking Baltimore O's, 4-zip. Went to 9-1. July 9th, sellout crowd, 51,041 at Tiger Stadium. Uh, held the Royals to a one run in nine innings, but uh, the Tigers lost that game one zip. And... Pitchers in the All-Star game. Three days later, on July 16th, pitched his 10th game with a 1-0 victory over the Athletics. Um, and uh, let's see. Hang on, on here. July t- re- re- yes. Remind me why you're giving us all these stats about this person. Because this was his one and only season. This is this um, is a one-off season for, for a eight. one-off season. He, he won, let's see, uh, he was the Rookie of the Year. He had the best ERA in Major League Baseball at 2.34 um, and uh, threw 24 complete games. So what's the oh, backstory? Right. Do, do, you, do you know this guy, or is this just... No, he, he blew out his arm that year. He, he struggled the next two years, did nothing, and that was his career. This is a story about uh, how you know lightning strikes you and, and you're a star for one year, and oh, then I you see. just have to go on with something else. And you just become a footnote in the annals of history, and that's what Mark the Bird Fidrich um, was. But in 1976, he was a phenomenon. He was a wonderful player to watch. He had all sorts of great antics on the mound, um, and he was just a really nice guy. And huh. it's too, too bad that he didn't make past 54. Wow. So there's wow. So Thank, they, I I didn't want to bore your audience or you guys, but but. Um, I want to do his, his memory a little bit more justice than I did last week. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's always interesting to me um, 
because every sport has this type of player, right? That has that it looks really, really promising, and then for whatever reasons, whether it be injuries, mental health, whatever it is, kind of derails their career or they step away earlier. Um, it's it's always been a fascinating thing to me with, with every sport. There's always athletes Tim, like that that could have been so good. Tim, are you familiar with are you familiar with the um, the Jeremy Linear known as Lin Sanity? No, I'm not. I oh. wouldn't. Sorry, Jim. I, you can finish that, but I wouldn't put this in the same category as that. All I'm saying is this is a guy that was a superstar for one year, got got America's everyone loving him in the basketball world, and he sort of just drifted away. I mean, it's still a similar idea. Uh, it, it is a similar idea, um, but uh, and he didn't drift away to um, you know uh, a dissolute life. He went back to Massachusetts. He became a a contractor and just carried on with his life uh sure. and um uh no big deal <laughs> yeah so. i i would almost put this for reference for for you jim i would almost put this more in like a tracy mcgrady style <laughs> thing like a super talented player that kind of just had his career thrown off by injuries and other <laughs> things and like never reached what he could have been if everything went right for him <laughs> all right all right. Let me just read you the last little paragraph um, about Mark Fidrich. Um, he lived with his wife, Anne, who we married in 1986 on a 107-acre farm in Northborough. He had a daughter. Uh, aside from fixing up his farmhouse, he worked as a contractor hauling gravel and asphalt in a 10-wheeler. On weekends, he helped out in the mother-in-law's business, Chet's Diner, on Route 20 in Northborough. Uh, the dinner was later operated by his daughter. He would have frequented the local baseball field to help teach he frequent. He would also frequent the local baseball field to help teach and play ball with the kids. Well, Tim, thanks. Go. Thanks for the history. That's that's uh, that's our sports history lesson of the day. <laughs> All right, carry on, guys. Thank you. So, so I, 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 I'll ask other before you before you comment, Jerry. I, I want other people if the, if they can think of a player in a sport that just rose to stardom quickly, and then never really continued or got as far as they thought he was going to get. Apparently, this pitcher that Tim was talking about was top of the game for a while. Yeah, for a, for a very short period of time. Right. Yeah. So, Jared, did I hear you have the you figured out the answer to the question that's on the table? I, I can say with a pretty high level of confidence that I figured out the answer to the caller, to that to a earlier caller's uh, baseball trivia question. Again, the question was... Um, there's a event or phenomena in baseball uh, that has only occurred 15 times. I'm going to add a little bit more information to that. 15 times since 1900. Oh. Um, and as a kind of as a comparison point, uh, there's been 23 perfect games thrown in baseball. Uh, this has only happened 15 times. In uh, the caller mentioned, it has happened back to back twice, and in the World Series once. Um, and it's not. I will say it's it's not like some weird thing that like no one would have. <laughs> if, anyone that's a baseball fan has heard of this. All right. I so how about that. giving another clue instead of giving the answer? Um. Come on. Add. Add. Whoa. Add. Add to the. Um. Gotta get my hand off the computer here. <laughs> add, add. Add something to it. Because there's some people that are texting that are driving them crazy. Give. Give. Give another I, clue. Okay, uh, I would say I would say that typically 
Ooh, I like this it. is only going to occur in very specific offensive situations. It occurs in there. There has to be a very there. There has to be a actually. I guess I would say defensive situations. That there has to be a very specific set of circumstances that that leads to this happening. I assume, and I'm I'm going to throw a guess out here the way we did before. I'm assuming that there's been more than 15 triple plays. That is not the correct answer. Okay. All right. Um, because, because yes, there has been more than 15 triple plays. Okay. I got I got nothing. 707. Yeah. Eight nine five two four four eight. We've got a, a long-standing quiz here. The quiz of who who played the first indoor and owned the first indoor billiard table, King Louis the Eleventh of France in fourteen seventy. That's got to be the weirdest trivia question ever on the radio. Um, it's a good question, though. Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, it, 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 like I said, it kind of led to my discovery of hey, billiards seems like a really cool game. Um, but yeah, 707-895-2448. Give us a call if you want to talk about anything going on in the world of sports. If you've got a guess on the trivia question, uh, go go ahead and do that. Um, or if you've got anything else you want to talk about, you can give us a call. Again, that number is 707-895-2448. Okay, Jim, I have a absurd amount of tabs open on my computer right now, <laughs> each tab representing a potential topic. Yeah. Um, Yep. I'll go wherever you want to go at this point. If you want to go back to on this day in sports, if you had more, if you want to pick something else, whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm going to say one more this day in sports and then and then pass on to, to your open tabs. 1972, a woman named Eureka Mayfarth won the women's high jump. She was 16 years old. It's the youngest person ever to win at that point in 1972, an individual event in the gold medals. She's from Germany, I believe. She won the high jump. Doesn't say how high she, she, she jumped. All right, open tabs. I think we have to go a little bit current, Jared, than just one of our obscure evergreen. We can bring it up anytime. Sure. Um, th this is the we This is the... 10 days of Serena Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean, it is just unbelievable. The 10 day, I'm calling them the, the week of Serena, the 10 days of Serena. It's just incredible. Um, people, again, people that argue that she's not the best um, uh, female tennis player of all time, I think they, they, they're wrong. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> let's, just, let's just say it. They're wrong. Let's see, see if that see if that's what this caller wants to say. Hold on a minute. You're on the air. Hey, has anybody solved that uh, mystery about uh, baseball? We're no, no. We we gave an extra clue. Do you do you have an answer? Well, no, I didn't didn't hear the extra clue. But I'm going to guess that it's unassisted triple plays. That is correct. Unassisted You're triple kidding. plays. Nope, that is Whoa. correct. Wow, well, and, and that's why, and that's why, caller. I don't know if you heard it. Jim mentioned triple plays, and I had to be very careful how I worded that he was incorrect because there's a difference between a triple play and an unassisted triple play. Oh, absolutely, Ab absolutely. I was cooking dinner when the, when he gave that extra clue, but uh, yeah, cool. Huh. Yeah, there well, you go. Thank you. That's um. Uh, maybe, okay, maybe we'll get the originator of that that call back on. That that Good. that's what do a, I win. Uh, I, I just played the bell. That's all you got. <laughs> okay. Hey, thanks a lot. This is Jim and Casper. 
Oh, awesome. thanks, Jim. Thank you. So, Jim, it was funny. I was I was trying to come up, Jim, the you, Jim, the co-host, yeah, Jim. Yeah. Uh, no, I, it was funny. I was trying to come up with a second clue, and I almost said typically only the second baseman, shortstop, or third baseman will will complete this. But then I, I thought that that would be too obvious. But you need – and the where I was going with that specific set of circumstances, you need enough runners on base for it to happen. <laughs> well, of course, yeah, that's a good point. And, yeah. and, and I, I like the uh, – I like the fact that this guy got it without hearing your extra clue because we, we've we got a certain person that's been texting that didn't want any extra clues. He wanted a chance. And uh, it sounds to me like uh, he did not figure it out. Well, we'll probably yeah, but, hear. But it's one of, kind of going back to what I said earlier, though. Remember, like, it, it's it's not something that you've never heard of before. Oh, a a yeah. baseball fan or not. It's like, oh, of course, unassisted triple plays. Like, that takes... So for, for listeners that may not know what that means, um, an unassisted triple play in baseball is one player uh, on, the, on a hit ball, one player recording every out of an inning. Um, so the most common way this will happen is there'll be a line drive, which will be caught by an infielder. They'll step on a base. So catching the ball is the first out. Stepping on the base is the second out, and then they will tag a runner who is who is in between base paths. Uh, that will be the third out. I'm That's going. I'm going. I'm sense. going with more typically. And I, if someone knows the answer to this, they're really going to be a baseball junkie. I'm guessing it's catching a line drive, tagging somebody between first and second base, and then running over and touching the base that a runner Seven. went from second to third. I'm, yeah, I'm stepping guessing on sec, stepping on second is the most common part. It's catch, step on second, tag out a runner, or or catch, tag out a runner, step on second. Though it's that, sure, that I'm sure. guessing it's done by by a shortstop or a or a second baseman. Do we know that it's been done more by second baseman? No, I, I don't see. I don't. I don't have that. Just what I saw. Sure. It basically said it's most typically occurs up the middle. So Serena Williams was unranked. 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 Jerry doesn't even watch tennis. Doesn't even like it when I mention it. And he calls me up. You're not wrong. You called me up and told me you bet on Serena. Yeah. I put a little <laughs> put a little wager on her. <laughs> so it's just incredible. I mean, when she won the first match, okay, then she beat the number two in the tournament. And then all the experts said what I expected them to say, that she was just she just couldn't last any longer, and she was finished. Hello, caller. Well, I thought she should. I thought she should have won. Hello, caller on the air. Hey guys, how are we doing tonight? Hey, hey Vince. Hey Vince. Yeah, Jerry, you killed me with that hint. I was defensive play the whole time, and you you catapulted my brain over to the defensive <laughs> side, and all I could think about was triple plays and unassisted triple play. Oh man, it was. Oh. So oh, you never figured so you never figured it out before the guy said it. No, I mean it was there, like a tip of the tongue type of thing, but I, I never really got confident enough to call it in. So, yeah. eh. do you have your own? I, I do, like it though. Do you have your own topic? If if not, I want to ask a question. I, I don't. I was kind of listening in and waiting for you guys to get uh, a topic out there. So fire away. What did the ten days of Serena do for you? It was exciting. I mean, you know, the the fact that it's at the U.S. Open, uh, I thought it was really interesting um, when she beat the number two seed uh, about 
you know, her complaining about the crowd a little bit, being so pro-Serena. <laughs> and it just got me thinking, how interesting are some of the sports like tennis, golf, where and, and golf does it sometimes. They did it with Tiger for a long time, where the crowd's really not, you know, swinging together like a home court advantage in football or basketball or baseball or hockey. It, it, so it kind of made me think, like watching that, it was really, it was really one-sided for the fans in a tennis match, which you never see, and it was really interesting. And I, I, I was hoping she was going to win and go a little bit further, uh, for sure. But um, she made it at least exciting. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that that observation one further, Vince. Uh, it was noticeable listening to it was John McEnroe, Patrick McEnroe and a woman whose name is slipping my my mind right now who was doing the commentating for it like doing the play by play they mm-hmm. they consciously had to make an effort to not root for Serena because <laughs> you could you could hear it in their voices when they were doing it and like there were these little moments every now and then where they kind of let something slip like they were rooting for her but they had to try to be unbiased so it got to the yep. commentators it wasn't just the crowd Oh, for sure. And it's just, because tennis is like the main sport where that doesn't, that doesn't ever happen. You know, like mm-hmm. it's, it's very, it's pretty much just very streamlined. You're there to root for a good match and you don't pick a side. I mean, it happens with upsets here and there where like you can hear the crowd get behind a 16 seed beating a one seed or something. But this was, this was different. Like you said, it went all the way to the commentators just rooting for an individual who's meant so much to this. And and you know Serena, you know when some people like Roger Federer, some people Jerry doesn't necessarily like him, but they get reputations. And I mean, he's won like Serena has won, if you will. You know, he's won that kind of volume over a, a long period of time. Maybe one or two less or more. I don't know. But there's not that many people that would say Roger Federer had this emotional time where he lost it, he threw his racket, he yelled at a, a lines person, he, he yelled at the ref, got kicked, got penalized for this, got penalized for that. Serena had that edge to her that, that was like Agassiz, you know, or, or somebody like that. Um, and I think when I was watching, watching everyone cheer and all, it seemed like that all was forgotten. I, I, I don't know, because there's a lot of people that didn't like Serena when she was winning all the time, but now that she was retiring, I swear they're all rooting for her. Does that make sense? I think that's kind of where the, you know, when, the, when I said so the two seed was complaining about the crowd, like she wasn't surly about it. She was just made a comment about how it made it weird and different to play a match, but at the same time was very respectful almost not angry about getting upset by a lower seed because she got beat by Serena Williams. You know, she respected the moment, understood it. And yeah, I mean, she's an icon. So anybody at some point in time in someone's career, it's almost like me with like a Shaquille O'Neal. Like I never liked Shaquille O'Neal when he played, but I love him on TNT and I've loved what he's done outside the game. You learn to love someone when you really understand who they are. And Serena Williams has done a great job of being an open athlete. Letting people know who she was. 
Yeah, with no yeah. controversy. Like, when was there really a controversy that Serena brought on herself? Uh, she had some some temper tantrums on the court. That, that were, well, so did Mac. Yeah, were, so did most tennis players, though. I mean, you know, like you said, I don't, I don't know if she ever really freaked out like crazy, like Djokovic or someone like that. But that that happens in the heat of a, a thing. I'm more worried about an athlete that brings attention off the court and does silly things like that, which she never did. Before. Oh no! Oh no! No, it's it's it's. I, I was thinking, Jer. Also, is you don't even. I was thinking when they said how long she won and what her age was. You don't even know tennis without Serena until this week. I mean, I don't remember you talking about tennis. She started when you were ten years old. I, I mean, also thought she was like 35 for some reason. I didn't realize that she was 40. Huh. I, I thought she was a lot, a lot, uh, a lot older or a lot younger than she was. 707-895-2448. We're just uh, trying to put it together. It's it's like I think there's more to be said about Serena Williams, but this is this is this is early on. She just lost a couple days ago. She retired like three days ago. We we're just digesting it now. Well, she I think she hinted at maybe playing the Australian Open, but I don't. I, I'd be surprised if this wasn't come on song. Oh man, it would. It's it's going to be crazy if if she does. I don't think she will. Yeah. Yeah. I also I also appreciate it from a pure spectacle standpoint the parade of celebrities in oh. her like family box yeah. watching the games it and was, the ones that, was, yeah. it was a different group every match it was fantastic yeah and then there then there was out of her box people like yeah. like um you know Spike Lee didn't sit in her box he just got a front row seat somewhere else yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spike Lee was there. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I didn't know, and I don't know why I didn't know this, because it, it, it makes total sense that her and Tiger Woods are really, really close. Like, it didn't, total. for some reason, I never yeah. put that together, but, like, apparently they're really close, so seeing him in the box totally made sense. But, yeah, for some reason, that was one I never thought of. But, like, you talk about two black athletes that broke barriers in their sports. Whew. There you go. Exactly. Tennis and golf, yeah. yeah. Pretty, yeah. Pretty, close, pretty close in the same time frame, too. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 they were in their they were in their peak at about the same time. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to leave that, Serena. Um, well, I can't even imagine. I mean, it was weird when there were. It was weird to me when there was only one Williams sister <laughs> in the, in the major tournaments. Now there's none. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, to, uh, Jerry, when you. When tennis first started, when, when the Williams sisters first started, you know, Serena's younger than Venus. I can't remember how many years, but for a while, Venus, they, they would, and also they, they played each other some, can you give me that stat, Jerry? How many times Serena and Venus played each other as sisters in, in majors? And, and I, I can find it. Yeah, w whatever it is, at the beginning of it, Venus, I believe, was winning, and then when they both yeah. became mature um, tennis players, it's like Venus never won again. <laughs> so yeah, so they played thirty-one times. Uh, Serena has a nineteen to twelve advantage, and then of those thirty-one, nine of them were Grand Slam finals, so slightly under ten percent. And and do, do they have the years? Did 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 she not beat her 
very much. Oh, I don't, I don't have yours, and I don't have okay. yours in front of me. I just have their record. All right. Well, good stuff. Good stuff, uh, Serena Williams. Um, I hope we get to hear more. Who, who knows what she'll do? I know she's into fashion and and clothes clothing design, but um, I don't know where we'll, where we'll hear. Yeah, she'll she'll figure it out. Yeah, that's what they do these days. Um, well, good stuff. I'll listen in. Twenty more minutes. I may find myself back on the phone. Thanks, Love Vince. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. We're open for calls. Is that a that was a good little sports phone tribute to Serena? Yeah. If only she'd made the semis, I could have made some money. <laughs> so what is the bets that you placed on Serena? So so I put because the odds were too good. So I put five dollars on her to make the semifinals, and then I put five dollars on her to win the U.S. Open, and and I would have gotten paid out. Uh, 20 times my bet in total huh. if they had both covered. Uh, but but it made it more interesting for me. Um, I had this. I had the crazy experience. I'll, I'll tell my little Serena story of of the last match. Then we can move on. Um, I on Friday night, which is when she lost. I was at kind of like a, I would call it like an upscale Mexican restaurant um, where sports on TV is not why people go to that restaurant. Sports are on the TVs at the bar, yeah. but no one's like usually watching it. Uh, there were three people at the bar, not counting me, that were locked in and engaged, that were big tennis fans that I ended up talking with a little bit. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, like that's how much it kind of bled into society where like places that weren't traditionally, you know, sports bars. Were they all rooting people, for Serena? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. 707 Uh Now, well, let's stick with current events here, okay, for a second. Is that all right? Because some sure. of this other stuff, God, if I went down this list, it's just, just wild stuff. It, we got get, in it here. gets into some, like, bizarre pockets of the sports world. Well, let's mention this one because it's and, – and then I want to bring up another more serious one is – you sent me a video of a guy at a baseball game, and, and it turns out, I mean, th this got talked about at work. I mean, this got talked about at work. People were watching yeah. the video at work. Because it was so either bizarre or disgusting or genius, depending on your interpretation of it. So I'll say what ha a little bit what happened. A guy was sitting there in between innings or bored with the game or something. Someone else, a couple seats away, saw him doing what he was doing and he videoed this guy and he recorded this guy taking a straw carving out the center of a hot dog i don't even know why this is a sports phone a sports topic it was at a baseball game. at a baseball game. Be, <laughs> right a baseball game. he carved out the inside of the hot dog he boarded out the long way <laughs> with a straw and then he stuck it in his beer and he drank his beer with a hot dog straw this viral was uh, the last time I checked. It was it was watched millions of times. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, and it, they, only I, here's the here's where I, I I make the sports comparison to that, or like the draw it into sports, and not it only was at a baseball game. Is like there's some bizarre food things you see at at sports stadiums. That's right? true. We, like Arizona has something. The, the Arizona Diamondbacks have something they sell called a churro dog. Which is which is two long donuts with a churro in the middle of it and ice cream on top of it. What's a churro? A churro is like a long, kind of twisted fried donut 
with oh. cinnamon and sugar ah. on it. Okay. Yeah. So, so like, th- sporting events have, like, weird food things. Um, like, there's a baseball stadium that sells something called nachos on a stick, where it's essentially corn do- a corn dog, but instead right, right. of... Yeah, instead of, like, breading, it's chips that it's fried in with, like, cheese dribble on it. But all that going back to, like, it didn't surprise me that this happened. And then if you talk to – if I talked to one friend, it was disgusting. Another friend thought it was genius. But, yeah, he poured out a hot dog and used it as a straw. And then I, I saw a video of a guy that did it at home and recorded himself just to, to show. It sounded like this guy did what other people did and yeah. just to show that it was lit. And he gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Tasted yeah. Said it tasted pretty good. And then, did you send me the second video, or did I send it to you? The, the guy that took said hot dog, well, a different hot dog, bored a hole almost all the way through the hot dog, then carved out a bowl on the top, and he <laughs> smoked weed through the hot dog. That has nothing to do with sports at that point. No, but it, it's all because of this sports video. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. It was, yeah, it was wild. Yeah. yeah, that was a... There's not much to talk about with it, but it was just it was just this thing that kind of spirally went around the internet because it's what some guy did at a baseball game. 707-895-2448. Back to serious sports, if yes. there's such thing on the sports phone. Uh, I think this, this gets there. Yeah, this gets there. Um, volleyball, BYU versus Duke at, at BYU, and that stands for Brigham Young University. Did I get that right? Yep, in... Provo, Utah. I oh, so it is in Utah. Okay. Yeah, BYU. So there's there's BYU, Utah, and Utah State. Those are the three big schools in Utah. And this has to be Division One, or they wouldn't be playing yes. Duke, right? Yes. Yes. All right. What happened in this game? So, I heard about this like after the fact. I I, I didn't hear about this until like a few days afterwards. Um, but a Duke volleyball player accused someone in the fan or someone in the stands of making a bunch of racial comments um which it turned out like everyone heard it or it could even to the point like it was almost heard like on the tv broadcasts um i heard it on i heard it on a phone on a phone recording right right um that that fan that was accused of doing it has since been barred from attending all byu games uh there's still an ongoing investigation with this um because there's some stuff where like byu isn't sure they have the right person and some other stuff there's an ongoing investigation to that but why this caught my attention is there was a follow-up to this that happened two days ago where south carolina basketball south carolina women's basketball canceled a home-and-home agreement that they had with byu over this incident uh, and so I, I'm just going to read the, the statement from B- from uh, from South Carolina's head coach because I think it's better said it than me saying it um, or trying to like explain it. Uh, that's this is Don Staley, one of the best college basketball coaches on men on the men's or women's side. Uh, as a coach, my job is to do what's best for my players and staff. The incident at BYU has led me to reevaluate our home and home, and I don't feel that it th- that this is the right time for us to engage in the series. Uh, BYU came out with a statement saying. We are disappointed with South Carolina's decision and ask for patience with the with the uh, ongoing investigation. So, well, uh, is it my turn yet, or you you're you still going? I have one kind of little takeaway thing from it, but yep. yeah, I guess my takeaway from this was: Do you remember when 
sports kind of came back uh, and like fans started coming into arenas again. And there was seemed like there was a lot of this kind of stuff going on after the pandemic. Right after the pandemic, there were a lot of racial comments, players getting like drinks dumped on them and stuff like that. Uh, what what stood out to me about this, it was just the reminder of this stuff still happens and there's still, I, I don't know what the right word is, but people out there that are going to make these types of comments, whether they get too riled up, they get drunk or what or whatever it is that make these kind of comments that kind of stain sports. So I, I didn't really have a takeaway specific to BYU or to Duke or to South Carolina canceling the games. I just it, my takeaway was a little bit larger of just oh right this is still a problem. I I had a different takeaway, and I actually um, heard it and and I I watched it with with uh, with my wife, and I saw three people that usually argue with each other all saying the same thing, and. You know, some of these professional commentators, I always like it when they take my standpoint and they say it in better words than I could. You know, that, that that's, that's what their job is, you know. And I was so upset. I said when I first heard this, why did they finish the game? Why, why, why didn't Brigham Young run up in the stands grab this guy why didn't the fans why didn't the fans say you get out of here you can't say that here nobody did anything jer they everyone heard it the guy was sitting in the middle of the student section according to the reports no one did anything during the game this happened every time uh i forgot the um the person's first name i'm going to call Call her Ms. Richardson. Yeah, Rachel. Rachel Richardson. Um, it happened every time she went to serve. This person was on her, calling her incredible uh, mean racial slurs, <laughs> racial slurs to Rachel. And the, the AD didn't do anything. The women's coach for BYU BYU didn't do anything the players for BYU all heard it. they didn't do anything why did why did this go on i mean talk about you you're saying this stuff still exists it's like it it exists real seriously and this um i think i would have walked off even if i was the duke team and i and i believe after hearing the interview with Rachel Richardson it was her choice not to walk off that that she thought um, they needed to play volleyball, they needed to finish the game, and then learn something from this, and um, make it a bigger issue than just this one person. That's that's what I think. I don't know, but I, I was amazed um, when I first heard it. Before I heard anyone else talking about it, I said, "Why did this game finish?" Once we had a serious issue in a game in Montreal, when we I was played for St. Lawrence University, we went to Montreal. There was a dangerous issue with a crowd. A person in the crowd, uh, and our coach just said, "Get out of here! Get on the bus! We're going home." He thought it was too dangerous. Any, anyway, that's um, that was my take on it. L- little, not not the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, I definitely kind of took the bigger the bigger picture approach with this. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. That was a story of uh, BYU and Duke. That 
I think we're going to hear more about it. Um, I, I think BYU is not out of the weeds with this one. They're going to have to answer that question that I just asked. Is if everyone heard it, why they why? have said it was not a student? No, it they isn't. Have come out and said it was. They have come out and said it was not a student. We knew that day one. When it first happened, it was it was someone in the student section that was not a student. Right. Right. So that was one of the big questions: is why didn't the students take care of it? You know. Yeah, that's a yeah fair question. Yeah. Um. We got about seven minutes left here. I wonder why this one, Jared. This day in sports in 1988. Why did they even put this one in there? 1988, Mike. We're going back to. I I just saw it on my paper here. 1988, Mike Tyson crashed into a tree in his new BMW. Why why is that in this day in sports? Because it was probably a big deal in 1988. Well, every I mean, Mike Tyson was biting other fighters' ears. He was he was controversial. Everything he was doing was controversial. But to make this day in sports by crashing your BMW into a tree—that's ah. So uh, those are two. uh, One pretty funny issue and one pretty uh, serious issue. Yep. It got me thinking this this uh, this week. I have a question for you, Jim, if you're floundering a little bit. Uh, we got a call. Let's take it. Okay. All right. Better. You're on the air. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I can hardly hear you. Um, uh, but you can hear me okay? Yeah, you're you're loud and yep. clear. Okay. Well, I, I think that uh, an alternative way of looking about at this guy, who's probably mentally ill, um, uh, is uh, like you, you make a big uh, um, fuss over him. They, they, you stop the game and you, you take uh, take him out. And then uh, the next day he's uh, shooting people at the mar- market. <laughs> there are so many. I don't know if he has guns at home, but uh, I think we're caught between a rock and a hard place. You just don't want to, don't want to set these people off, and at the same time you want to preserve civility. I don't have an answer. So thanks a lot. Yeah, it's a fair it's a fair point. It's 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 a tricky tricky situation for sure um, with those types of things. I never uh, thought I never I never quite thought of it in, in in that way. If we gave this guy more attention, isn't this what the caller just said? If we gave this guy more attention. Could make it worse. He could b- build on it. Yeah. Jeez. I never, God, I never never thought about that. 707-895-2448. We've got about four minutes. Any other... Uh, what were you saying right before that call, Jer? Well, I have a question for you okay. to totally change gears. All right. Because I think this this reflects your knowledge of certain, of certain things. Did you even know that college football season started this weekend? I knew that if you, if you were going to ask me something about my knowledge, I knew it was going to be something that what you really wanted to know is how much I didn't know. <laughs> well, no, I was just curious. Like, this was the big weekend. I had a bunch of friends that were like, we're locked in. It's Saturdays. It's college football time. Did you have any idea that, that like, this was the first big weekend? No, not at all. Hello, caller. You're on the air. I'm, I'm, um, I'm, I'm saved by the caller. I had to respond to someone calling in to say, that this guy is probably mentally ill. If 
everyone who does things that we consider antisocial is mentally ill. The term becomes not very useful. My father was a paranoid schizophrenic. I know what mentally ill is. And many of these people who they, they do something antisocial, kill somebody, do whatever, we like to say they're mentally ill. They're not the kind of mentally ill that my father was. So <laughs> if you just want to define mentally ill as anybody who does anything that we don't consider socially acceptable, well, that's fine, but it's not a very useful that way. Mm. I just had to say that. Thank you, gentlemen. Sure. Love your show. That was very well put. Yeah, that's fair. That, I, that's I would, very... What a, what a great way to end the show, almost. Yeah, and I'm not in a position where I can comment on this guy at the BYU games, like, mental health. I think he's clearly a racist. <laughs> but but there's... there's so, it, so so then the, the question becomes, from the last call, are all racists m- m- mentally ill? And, yeah, and that's where I just... I don't want to make it a call on that like that's just not no, it's not my place to do that one of our favorite calls that just made that clear all racists aren't mentally ill he, he had a much bigger more sure. serious usage of the word mentally ill and uh, yeah, exactly. that's well very well taken very well yep. taken yeah huh. uh okay so we got a couple minutes left here just want to circle back on a few things while we have a moment uh, just a reminder uh, for listeners, again, uh, that are they're locked into the sports phone every week, or if you're listening to it for the first time and you're looking forward to hearing it uh, again, um, no sports phone on September 11th or September 18th. Uh, we're going to be taking a little hiatus. Uh, we will be back on September 25th uh, and with regularly scheduled sports phones. Jim, do you know what what's going on the next two Sundays? Do you, are you aware of that at all? Um, college football started? No, no, no. In regards to what at 7 o'clock on Sundays. Oh, oh, all I was told by the geniuses here, uh, which I, I, I'm not, I, I'm actually saying Rich is a genius. I don't know how he does it. Uh, he told me that, that they're pulling up some um, they got it covered. sports-related uh, NPR fillers. How gotcha. about that? Okay, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That's what I figured it would be. Yep, and then we'll be back uh, on Sunday, September 25th. Gives us a chance to reload, regroup, and uh, really looking forward to, to getting back on, on board. I uh, hope everyone enjoys their long holiday. Still some sports going on tomorrow. There's going to be baseball, I'm sure. There's a couple college football games tomorrow, too, which I was surprised by. Uh, usually you don't see that on Mondays. And then Thursday will be the start of the NFL, and uh, and everyone looking forward to that, I'm sure, as, as well. So a lot of... A lot of good stuff going on in the sports world as we as we get closer here. Chair, um, I will uh, I will see you in three weeks on the sports phone. Yep, I'll talk to you then. Thanks everyone for listening and calling in. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX Philo ninety point seven FM, KZYZ Willits and Ukiah ninety one point five FM, and Fort Bragg at eighty eight point one FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.